The key to Facebook ads this year is getting the creative right. But just what do you put into your ads? What content, what copy, what do you put? Who knows? Well, our guests today know. So keep listening to find out. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast. To increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast. If you're not familiar with our format, each month we give you a masterclass on a different marketing method, like email, SEO, or this month, Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different marketing method expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month is all about Facebook ads. And a lot has changed since last year's Facebook ads masterclass. We've got a lot to cover. And with increased competition levels, and the shift away from cookies, plus the changes Facebook have made themselves, it is a whole new world. We touched on some of those changes back in January for episode 82, and we're going to be going much deeper for you this month because coming up, we have five whole episodes. Yes, it's a long month. So we've got five episodes in our Facebook Ads Masterclass. And this is your must-listen set of podcast episodes on how to adapt your Facebook ads for e-commerce success in 2022. And if you think you're going to run the same ads you ran in 2020 or 2021, you are wrong. You need to change them. And you're going to find out how over this episode and the coming for after that. One of the big changes that we've seen is that success is now far more about your creative, that's the copy, the imagery, the videos, than it is about your targeting strategy. So it's far more about what you put in your ads than it is who you put the ads in front of, which is a big shift in uh, Facebook ad land. So in today's episode, we're getting into what your creative should be. What should it say? Which basically means we're getting into why it's essential to understand the consumer's why. We're just about to meet today's guest and get deep into all of that. But before we do, we're going to check out the sponsors. And one last thing to tell you before we hear the sponsors and then meet our guest is you should really stick around to the very end of this episode because our guest is sharing an amazing free download with you, which is going to make doing everything he's recommending unbelievably easy. Anyway, uh, let's hear the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Facebook ads expert, Rob Harrison-Plasto. If you listen to our sister show, E-Commerce Masterplan, you'll have recently heard me chatting with Rob about his phenomenally successful new e-commerce venture, where they achieved sales of £200,000 in just the first eight weeks of trading. That's not 80, that's not 18, that's eight weeks of trading. Well, Rob's here to explain the detail of how he created the Facebook ads that achieved that, which is a service he's now offering other e-commerce brands through his marketing agency, Time. Hello, Rob. Hello, Chloe, and thanks for having me on. 
That's great to be catching up with you again. Last time I asked you, how do you got into e-commerce? So this time I'm going to ask you, how did you get into Facebook ads? Hmm. Um, that is a mixture of blog articles and YouTube and just getting lost down um, all sorts of different algorithm rabbit holes. Um, <laughs> and it, it was it was it was nicely matched to um, what I wanted to do. Um, and the the type of people that I was trying to get in front of and where I knew that they would be. Um, so it just made sense to explore that. And I'm really glad I did because that growth that you mentioned was entirely fueled by Facebook ads. So it was it was a, a lucky find, a lucky rabbit hole. Yeah, I, um, I had a good idea of um, who we were going after and where they spend their time. And I really enjoyed the mixture of the sort of data and the creativity that you get with that that kind of platform um, compared to others. Um, and as I'm sure we're going to discuss later, that creativity is, is really, really important. That is exactly what we're going to discuss later, which is good, Rob. We're on the same page. This is good. Um, because we're going to get into the creative part of it. But of course, I, always, I think the reason why a lot of brands really struggle with the creative ads and why people have loved the fact that over the last few years, the last maybe five, 10 years, it's been more about the algorithm than it's been about the creative. And guys, when we say creative here, we're talking graphics, copy, calls to action, any video, anything the person is seeing. Um, this is not just about pretty pictures. Is that we get quite scared and quite worried about what we do in that creative. And people find it very hard to come up with the perfect creative. And I think often that's because we don't do the prep work. And that's what was the the secret source, which isn't going to be secret much longer, everybody. <laughs> and that, that was the secret source for the success of your Facebook ad campaigns for Moonface Studio, wasn't it? It was it was that you really understood what you needed to put in those ads before you even logged on to, to Ad Manager. Yeah, we did a lot of um, testing in and outside of Facebook. Um, you know, we still do now. Um, and it's really important to understand the job of the advert and the job of the tools that you're using. So there's an awful lot of um, of data, not as much anymore as there used to be um, within Ads Manager. Um, that's all there. That's fantastic. Use it to make decisions. But then there's also an awful lot of data that's nowhere near Facebook, um, which is about really understanding who it is that you're talking to what their needs, wants, and going also beyond the, just your general customer persona or avatar and really, really digging deep into who they are and why they do what they do um, and understanding them from sort of, yeah, a deeply empathetic point of view. And that translates into how you talk to people and, and what it is that you say in order to connect with them. So that's fairly straightforward if you're a business that's up and running. It's a bit more difficult if you're a startup. So how, when you were creating the first set of ads for Moonface Studio to launch it and to launch the business, how did you go about researching a customer base you didn't yet have? So if you don't have an existing customer base uh, to draw upon, what you can do is what I call review mining. 
um, uh, and competitor mining, which is you scour the internet, you go on Reddit, um, and you read all the forums and the threads, and you listen to the the problems that they're having or the things that they're interested in. You go onto every different type of review platform you can find, blogs, look at the comments, devour as much content as possible that your target market is looking for, and build a profile out of that. Um, and then also within Facebook, the, the matching that up with the, the interests that you're targeting. And then in terms of um, the actual doing of it inside Ads Manager, we can talk a bit more about that later, but making sure that you're keeping the variables um, nice and clean, um, single interest targeting, testing only one variable at a time and so on, and trying to get this alignment all the way through your process from coming up with your creative from that empathetic point of view and understanding who they are, and then testing lots of different versions of copy and graphics and videos, letting you know Facebook do what it's really good at, which is allowing you to test all those different things and find what's working and double down on it and, and cut out what's not working and grow what is. So if you're coming at it from, from day one and you don't have those customers, that you've still got the tools and there's still loads of information out there um, that you can get your hands on to, to paint that picture more vividly. So we're either mining our own customer data and reviews and so forth, our compet our future competitors or even our existing competitors, um, and the forums to find out what real human beings are saying about products that are ours and are like ours. Is that am I right there? Yeah, the, and the, that, that one? the uh I should come back to the competitor one a bit more as well. Like mm -hmm. re look at your competitors loads, read the reviews of of what their customers are saying about them and find the pain points that are not quite being met. Um, Amazon as well. Go on Amazon, look at the reviews on there. Look at the ones where people are only giving like one star, two stars. What are they saying? What are they dissatisfied about still? And yeah, understand where they're coming from and what, what they need um, and what it feels like when those needs are being met. That will be in the good reviews and understand what it feels like when those needs aren't being met and that will be in the, the poorer reviews. Which brings us nicely onto my next kind of clarification question, which is when we're when we're trying to understand the customers, we're not trying to work out how old they are, where they live, um, what they do for a job necessarily. What we so it's not that kind of like standard geo demographic stuff. We're more interested in their motivations, their whys, their um, I was going to say emotions again. I mean empathy. That's not quite the right word to use emotion, but it, it's about that kind of the tone of voice, the needs, the wants, the whys, not she's in her mid-20s and has a dog. Mm -hmm. So I've I've learned the hard way from um, doing stuff like that early on. Um, I remember working with some consultants actually on, a, on another brand um, and it was all just made up. Like we were, when we were doing the customer avatar, like who is it? Oh, well, she's called this and she's got a dog and she lives there. And it's like, where's that information coming from? Like you have to have evidence. You have to be data-led. Otherwise, it's pointless. And yeah, understanding that and, and using that from, from day one is, is really, really important. I often find that when brands are, are working on creating their avatar, they kind of take it, they've got like a template they're trying to fill in. I mm -hmm. must find something to put in this box. I must find something to put in this box. And if I don't have any evidence, I'll just, you know, like, like the task is about filling in the boxes. The task isn't about, understanding the customer. And I always think you're better off starting 
by asking questions and seeing what lands on the white piece of paper rather than gridding up the white piece of paper into certain things you're going to try and get in there. Because I think that's when when people go go awry and when you sit in that room and you end up talking about Paula, uh, who's, you know, <laughs> we always imagine Paula. But but why do we, we decide on Paula? Oh, because the boss, his daughter's called Paula. And you're mm-hmm. like... Yeah, that's that's not. It, it can be so misleading thinking we must create an avatar, whereas actually what, you, what you're initially doing, I think, I think what you're saying here, Rob, is we need to create some ideas of who that customer might be and what their motivations might be and their needs and their whys, mm-hmm. so we can then test it. Yeah, and then test it. And I mean, even if you've only got a couple of customers, interview them. Like the 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 information that you're going to get from an interview is just so rich and detailed, and you'll you'll get enough information from like seven or eight interviews as you would from like hundreds of survey responses like like do both depending on what you've got but the the reason that it's so rich and so useful is that you can identify what barriers are there and what drivers are there and if you can understand those two things you can use that in your copy in your design you can use that in the look and feel of your website um, to move people from being blocked into a driver so it's all about motivation um quite often what we're really doing is we're not selling a product we're selling a transformation from that before and after state we're selling that um that transformation from the the barriers and the obstacles and the pain point that they're in to what it feels like afterwards and and finding that motivation and driving people through that that emotional transformation is really what's behind um, a lot of key decision making. It's not all super rational. It's felt, and it's as yeah, it's as simple and as complicated as that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it does sound so beautifully simple, but yeah, it's so complicated. So, so we're kind of looking to get to the point where we've got the information to create a number of different options of something along the lines of, and this is an awful example, everyone, but my head has gone to TV shopping commercials. So it, it's the kind of like when you're going got no time to exercise, can't afford the gym, buy our treadmill and put it under your desk at work and you'll suddenly be 20 stone lighter. That's (laughs) without lying. (laughs) We're looking to get those kind of understanding of our customers so we can can get that through to them. Yeah. So what you're mentioning there, like it's quite often called the PAS, the PAS, right? The problem agitation solution framework that's so useful in copy. So if you understand somebody's um somebody's pain point, you you lead with that, you you hook them with the pain that they're experience experiencing, you push on it, agitate it, get them to feel it a bit more, and then you offer them a solution, um, your solution. Um, and then in all of this, what we're doing is we're solving problems for people. And that's, yeah, that's a lot of of what's behind it, yeah. Although I wouldn't say it necessarily has to always feel or look like those treadmill commercials under a table. (laughs) Well, no, that's kind of why I didn't really want to, I was was kind of a bit reticent using it. But but it is that we need to understand what problem we're solving before we Mm -hmm. can start to solve it and what, you know, often interviewing people for the e-commerce master plan podcast often they discover the problem they set out to solve isn't actually the one the customers had and mm. how well they're able to pivot to that determines how successful the business is which i suppose the then testing these things you've discovered on the facebook ads is is then how you go about getting a better understanding of both volume of each problem is out there and how well each problem leads to a sale. Mm-hmm. So um, there was some research done a few years back in America uh, looking at the reasons why most startups fail. And by a long margin, the, the top reason why they fail is lack of product market fit, 
which is exactly what this is. This is what we're talking about. People run around with a solution that solves nobody's problems. So it's about understanding that relationship between you and your prospect, their pain, their problem, your solution. And I think it's actually more useful to look at market product fit than the other way around. If you can start with the market and you understand who they are, what they need and what problems they're having, and then you shape your product to them, obviously, you know, there's a a bit of back and forth. Um, but I would always emphasize your your attention, your focus should go on the market more than your product at the beginning, definitely. Because if you get the market and you understand them and you're developing a product for them, so there's a brand that we're working with at the moment called Soma, and this is exactly what they've done. They started out as one thing and then they've pivoted into something other as they've learned who their real customers are and they are now developing their product and rebranding with their customers they are building the product with their customers so that they can confidently go to market knowing that there's a market for it because they've been working with them for the last year it's interesting you you um you bring up an example there because you it immediately made me think of um actually i think if if all guys if this one isn't out yet it's because i've screwed up my podcast timings but i think by the time you listen to this three days before an e-commerce master plan podcast, my interview with Cheeky Wipes will have come out. And in that, we're talking about how they're uh, they're probably this year going to be changing their core messaging to focus on the cost saving of their product because due to all the shit stuff that's going on in the world, she says, try not to swear. So you're <laughs> she's not supposed to swear on her podcast. Um, They've they've realized that they need to change the messaging because they're listening to the market. They're seeing the market is strapped for cash inflation's going up, cost of oil, et cetera, and everything else is going up. So they are repositioning all their marketing towards the cost element. So this doesn't end. This isn't just a startup tactic. But Rob, we should probably move on to what we actually do with our Facebook ads once we've got all these ideas. So how do we then go about turning this research into some Facebook ads that we can then test? Okay, so once you've identified these um, pain points, like I said earlier, you can often have your hook as being one of those pain points, or you can have your hook as being something that calls out your target audience. So they immediately read it and identify it. It's almost like you're asking them to put their hands up. Um, and then yeah, a good framework is, is that pass, that, um, uh, that pain, agitation, and solution, or ADA, awareness, interest, desire, and action, um, if, you, if you want those. But essentially what you need to do is to use your copy to target people, to get them to put their hand up and to remember that the job of the ad is just to sell the click that's all we're trying to do with the ad is just get people to click once they've done that then your landing page um, takes over and so on and so forth other things are that hook is not just in the copy Um, use video Um, I mean, you can test this. Don't take my word for it. Test it. Test all sorts of different um, uh, creatives. But I find that video outperforms everything else. And the first three seconds, the scroll stopper, as it gets called, is super important. And having um, different variations of that and testing to see which one one works. Um, And if you've got the, the time and the budget for it, you can break your add creative down into as many chunks as you want and to start testing different parts of it. So take your script, change the the first three seconds, find what works there, and then move to another part of it 
and see, you know, you can see in your data how much of the video is being watched and where people are dropping off. And you might think, okay, well, how can I tweak that? And you just keep optimizing until you've got um, a creative that you know is performing really well with an audience that you know is performing really well. That's what I love about Facebook ads is because you can try all these different things out and find what works um, and then just double down on it. But what we don't want to do is to try and test all that on day one. So bear with me. I'm going to come up with another ter terrible example, Rob, but I think this one's going to hold, which is if, if, for example, we are selling a product to dog owners and in all our research, we've discovered that interested in dog is the only targeting we need to use on Facebook. Okay. So we're just going to, we're just going to do this for one audience to make this simpler. But maybe we found that a dog that scratches a lot, a dog that's always hungry and a dog that won't walk. I don't have a dog. Can you tell everybody? <laughs> um, these are the three angles we we believe are the big ones from our research. So is the first thing you do construct a straightforward ad with each of those as the headline and see which one as the hook and see which one responds and then take that one forward? Is that your first step? Yes. And always just test one variable at a time. Keep it nice and clean. Keep it nice and simple. Uh, work your way through those variables. Um, otherwise, you're not going to know what's worked or, or, or you know why it's worked and so on. So yeah, just be really methodical about it. Be really patient. Don't try to do it all at once. Um, I'd also say any new campaign, especially if you, if you don't have um, enough data on your pixel for like lookalike audiences or things like that. Um, I'd say you need to budget for at least like a, a thousand pounds just as testing. That's just you buying data. It's really important to just buy data um, and allow yourself to do that. So yeah, some people want to see success straight away and then they get upset when they don't, but it's because you need to put the time and effort in and be patient with it to find what works. The testing process is what leads to all the success later and it's worth investing in. Yeah, you can save so much money if you do the, you know, that thousand pounds on testing is going to save you way more than a thousand pounds down the line and bring you an awful lot more in sales. And we mentioned, uh, you know, that the job of that ad is to get the click and then the landing page's job is to um, to convert them. At the early stage of this process, we're just going to make sure our landing page doesn't counteract our hooks. But once you've got, you know, if going back to my awful dog example, we've got the dog that scratches and the dog that's always hungry. Would you go as far as to create two separate product pages, even if it's the same product, one that talks about a hungry dog and one that emphasizes the scratchy dog? Yes. So this is what I call um, matching the message. You have to do that. So whatever it is that turns out to be your leading ad, you need to make sure that the copy and the look and the feel and the imagery, et cetera, on your landing page continues that story. So the terms that you are using, the angle that you're taking, it has to be congruent because what we're trying to do is create just this frictionless process from when the prospect sees the ad to them purchasing. And we want to lubricate that to make it as, as um, easy as possible um, for people to keep going. Excellent. Well, Rob, we're going to pause in a second for the sponsors and then go into the insider tips bit. Before we do that, though, is there any other key piece of info people need to set themselves on the right path to success with all we've been discussing? Um, I'd say do your research, keep learning, always keep learning. There's so much information online. There's so many great forums um, and uh, subreddits on all these different things and YouTube videos. There's just so much out there to just listen to what other people are doing, ask, you know, ask them questions, find out what's working. 
um, and just, yeah, just keep, keep learning um, and keep trying things out. Love it. Well, look, everyone, we are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the whole wide world of Facebook ads. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the email and SMS platform built just for e-commerce brands. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Klaviyo comes in. Its top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online online store and tech stack. Request a demo at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Okay, Rob, we've so far we've gone deep into why it's essential to understand the consumer's why. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of Facebook ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with Facebook ads, which does, of course, include why it's essential to understand the consumer's why. Rob, you ready for these? Yes. Excellent. Let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? Okay, so this one sounds a little dry, but it's super important because Facebook are incredibly fickle. You need to know all their policies. You need to do the Facebook blueprint course and get schooled in what they allow and what they don't. Um, it's nice to think that we live in a world of free speech, but not on Facebook. Um, you have to jump through all their hoops and play by their rules. And that comes down to things such as saying you in your copy. Um, you can't do it. They might find that it's too personal and therefore that the prospect suddenly becomes aware of the fact that they're in Facebook, which knows everything about them. And then the veil slips and they, you know, we don't want that to happen. Well, Facebook don't want that to happen. Um, but there are so many different rules and regulations around what you can and cannot do within Facebook. And if you get um, your ads restricted or your account banned, it's very hard to, to, to come back from that. So know what the rules are, play by the rules. That's a Great piece of advice. I love that. Um, I know of one e-commerce brand, Panty, who are currently on a mission to be allowed to promote on Facebook with having, they're, they're an underwear brand, so they're not allowed to to show any pictures of people wearing their underwear um, <laughs> because that's, that, that is against yeah. Facebook's nudity um, clause. Interesting campaign. If you're in the same boat, do get in touch with the guys at Panty. Um, but I divert us. Uh, now once, of course, you've started, you've got to keep optimizing. So Rob, what's your favorite way to improve performance? Okay, so this is a bit geeky, but it's super useful. Um, when you're in Facebook Ads Manager, you can go to the column setting and then you know sort out what metrics you want to look at. And what's super useful is to arrange those columns based on the metrics in the order in which your sales funnel plays out so that you, you can come in and you can see where something's getting stuck. So if you've got all the information on the left-hand side of um, what's going on with your ad in terms of click-through rate, and then you can look in terms of like view content, page view, then you can look at, you know, further and further as we get into like add to cart, check checkout initiated, and then actual conversions. When you have it arranged in that order, you can see where in the funnel something's going wrong so that you can go in and fix it. I love that piece of advice because back in my days as an agency owner, when I'd be looking at accounts with customers and we'd show them that there were alternative column options. I never knew 
world. Well, I can change the view. That's amazing. Yeah, everyone, you can change the view and you can create those customized columns. And it is such an important step to success. So I love the fact you've highlighted that, Rob. Thank you. Um, if someone listening wants to learn more, is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend? Yeah. So we've been talking about the importance of understanding your customers, doing your research, digging into their why, their purpose, their barriers, their drivers, and so on. And for a lot of people, that's actually really difficult. It, it can be quite hard, uh, especially for men, stereotypically, um, but that was me too, um, understanding empathy and emotions, which is why I've put together what we call the empathy blueprint. And it gives you the steps you need to take to identify the emotional needs that are behind the key purchasing decisions that your prospect might have. And then we provide a glossary of terms. So the vocabulary that you need to explain what it feels like when those um, needs are not being met and when they are being met. And then it allows you to look at the difference between what it feels like when it's not being met, what it feels like when it is being met, and to then take your prospect on that journey using those words. Um, And when you've interviewed them and you've surveyed them, you can use their words to explain that. So quite often what I do is I use this in my interviews with um, our customers and I put these words in front of them and I ask them to, to respond to them and say which ones of these are important to you in your decision making when you do this or to do with the problem that it is that you've got, the pain point that you've got. And they highlight them for me and prioritize them for me. And then we do the same thing with the the emotions in terms of what does it feel like when it's met? What does it feel like when it's not met? And then I use their words in the copy. And that's how you connect. That's the that's the silver bullet with this one. And you can get that um, at our website, which I'll tell you about more later. Or you can just go to timeagency.io and find it there. Excellent. Timeagency.io. That's amazing, Rob. That's going to make this entire process so much easier and quicker for everyone listening. So thank you for that. Um, finally, it's crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months we should be getting ready for, other than Christmas, of course? So Yeah. So um, many people over the last couple of months have probably logged into Ads Manager and had a little bar at the top saying, our oh, target interests are changing. Um, so you need to pay attention to that. I've had campaigns that have been incredibly profitable based on interests that I can no longer target. So um, in lack of that ability to target, one, get out there, start testing again, find those you know, those targets. You don't want to rest on your laurels and think, okay, I've nailed this and never have to work on it again. Now's a really good um, opportunity to, to, to get testing again. But I'd also say that what we've been talking about for this whole um, podcast episode if you're if you're just tied to those interests, you're missing a trick. Connect with your customers, understand them, create a deeper relationship with them, dig into that empathy and let that come through in your creative. And then it doesn't really matter so much um, the rest of it. Obviously, you've got to do your job as best you can, but if you're getting your messaging right, if you're getting your connection right, it will it will show in your results, regardless of the um, granularity of the interests that you can target. Yeah, if you've got that creative that appeals to your target customer and brings in the sales, you can put it in front of a much wider audience mm-hmm. and the algorithm is still clever enough to find the right people for you and bring in bring in the money that way. So yeah, it's um 
Yeah, we've got to we've got to put the effort into getting the right creative this year, guys. Um, Rob, we are very nearly at the end of the show, so it's time for you to let listeners know where they can find you and your business if they want to get in touch. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'd love to hear from people. Um, if you go to timeagency.io, uh, we've got a couple of resources on there that are totally free to download and really useful. Um, we concentrate a lot on building like highly converting e-commerce stores, and then we do a lot of conversion rate optimization and digital marketing around that. Um, and we've just found these tools super useful. More and more, what we're learning as an agency is to share this with as many people as possible digitally so that we're not limited to just helping the clients that we've got. Um, we think of our customer base split into two. We've got the the people that are, are running you know, large e-commerce stores that we help, but we also help people that aren't quite there yet um, and they want a bit more help. And we've got information that can help them to do that. Um, so we're, we're really keen to, to share that. Excellent. So there you go, guys. Timeagency.io, where you'll find that empathy blueprint that Rob was mentioning and lots more things to download and how to get in contact if you want some help with your website and marketing too. Um, Rob, thank you so much for being on the Keep Optimizing podcast. It's been great catching up with you again. And um, best of luck with everything you're up to. Thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Well, personally, it was great to catch up with Rob again. So I hope you've all enjoyed that chat. And I know it's quite an abstract way of talking about Facebook ads, but it really is essential if you want your ad strategy to work from now on out. And to be fair, if you want this to work on any marketing channel now, it's got so competitive, it's got so noisy that you have to get that creative right. The copy, the graphics, the video, and you have to get that content on message for your customers. So it's building that connection. And what Rob's just run through is a fantastic way, pretty much the only way of making sure you are on message correctly. So remember, you can download the uh, the Empathy Blueprint, which is going to be a game changer for really getting to grips with all of this. Now you can get to the links um, to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. And there you can also sign up to our monthly Q&A webinar because as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I invite all our monthly guests back to join us for a live Q&A session. So head to keepoptimizing.com, go to the webinar page, sign up and you'll get your chance to get your Facebook ad questions answered. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimizing podcast. If you've enjoyed it and want to, to immediately continue learning about Facebook ads, then scroll back up your feed to episode 82, because in January, we put out an excellent episode about the key changes you should make right now to your Facebook ad campaign strategy. And please do tell your fellow marketers about the show, because I want to help as many marketers as possible to improve the performance of their e-commerce marketing, including their Facebook ads, which will be focusing on for the rest of this month. Have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you too to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.